This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital marketing and sales services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me is the highly esteemed, highly sought after, and highly of highliest, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan is going to introduce himself, our topic, and our guest. Good morning, Dan. Hey, good morning, Donnie. Um, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, PCO M&A Specialists, as everybody knows, and uh, um, if you've been listening to our podcast for the last several months, we've been talking about the economy. We've been talking about, um, um, you know, uh, inflation, things like that and whatnot. And um, so today what I wanted to do is, OK, so we've been laying all this out. So now we want to say, well, what do we do about it? And you can't, you know, uh, give a one solution fits all. But um, we have a fellow, a, a teammate of mine who works uh, with us at PCO Bookkeepers and PCO M&A. Andrew De La Chapelle, and uh, prior to working with us, um, he was a industry strategist with Workwave, and he uh, uh, was uh, in charge of their routing, mobile GPS technologies, and um, you know helped folks to implement those technologies to save the money in terms of routing, and um, which ultimately uh, increases gross margins, but also saves the, uh, you know uh, fuel. Uh, as you know, that's a pretty hot topic now. So, um, you know, those are um, the uh, uh, kind of things that, that Andrew uh, is involved in. And um, really happy to have you here. So uh, welcome. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Looking forward to this. Yeah. So with that, let's uh, let's let's get started. Um, you know, um, as far as GPS and routing, um, tell us, kind of give us an overview of how the process works. What, it, what, what is it? I, I don't have any kind of GPS or, or uh, route optimization or anything in my company. What, uh, you know, what is it that, uh, how, how do I set it up and uh, why should I do it? Well, hang on. One quick thing here, Dan, before you jump in. I want to set yeah, sure. context for our listeners because it's really important, I think, for our listeners to understand your profit is made or lost behind a windshield. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we think about like what it takes to make money in this industry, it's all about how efficient and how much production can you get per person. And, and this is such a fantastic topic um, because this is where, you know, we, you, you talk, you set this up, Dan, when you said, hey, we've been talking about inflation. We've been talking about the economy. And of course, you know, you and I both have been pounding our fists. It's like we've got to raise prices, got to raise prices, got to raise prices. Now, the next thing is, is you got to get more efficient, you got to get more efficient, got to get more efficient. And this is what it's all about, because I think the context for, for our listeners is, is that, you know, profit is made in the field. And the more that you're able to get per technician, that's less people you have to hire. That's less trucks you have to have on the road. That's less insurance that you're paying. It is directly affect. It, there's a direct effect to your gross margin. And I mean, we've talked about that on the podcast, but I just, you know, this topic, I just want to make sure everyone understands that, you know, this topic really is about increasing your margins and making money in in our industry. And so, so bringing that back to like now, okay, yes. So now how do we do that? And, and then Andrew, I'll flip that back over to you. And I think that is before an important you, Before question. you do that, you just, 
understand that this whole inflation thing uh, has kind of put the direct costs, um, you know, uh, on its, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's made everything upside down. So we have to bring these margins back into line and we're going to do it with efficiency because even if we end inflation, we're never going back to where we were, right? But we've got to get back to those KPIs. And so, Andrew, let's, uh, yeah, so, so, so talk about, uh, you know, how do we, how do we become more efficient with the, with GPS and, and route up? Yeah, I mean, they're both different technologies. I mean, I mean, GPS is a great technology. I mean, you know that I, I was in that side of the, of the world for close to 14 years, plus route up with uh, pest back and workwave. So, uh, I mean, GPS is a great tool. Uh, there's a lot of benefits uh, to utilizing GPS, uh, whether you're using just a straight GPS with dots on a map or, or dash cams uh, to record drivers, making sure that they're not distracted behind the wheel. But Donnie hit it on the head with, uh, where GPS can really help is just is monitoring the drivers, monitoring their behaviors. If you have cameras, is you know making sure that they're not being distracted and causing accidents. Because right now, yeah, you know, insurance companies just get, um, are are just raising premiums left and right. So it's it's becoming uh, highly expensive to insure your fleet. So that's on the on the side of reducing expenses, what you want to do is set up some type of driver training, uh, fleet safety initiatives, utilizing GPS data um, to minimize those at-fault collisions, uh, your auto loss runs, which it ultimately, it, it probably, you're not going to avoid an increase, uh, but the size of the increase in your premiums, the percentage increase, uh, it can minimize that increase. Um, and so that's where GPS comes in play. So uh, I was going to say, Andrew, just one, one quick thing. And this is, you were talking about this and, and I'm right in the middle of this right now. I mean, obviously I, I think most people on the podcast know that I, I also have an operating company. I, I say it every single time, but I just want to tell a quick story. This is going to sound so awful and sound so untitled, but it is true. So, uh, so just so everyone knows I am building a pool in my house because it's a great investment, by the way. I mean, you get all the money back that you, when you build a pool. So I'm building a pool and this was probably about two weeks ago. I'm meeting and it's a, and it's a, by the way, the company that's building the pool is a, is a national company. And so I'm meeting our project manager here and we're going to go through, he's going to show me and yada, yada, yada. So, I come in from work and their truck is sitting in my driveway. Any guesses as to what my truck was doing, what this, what his truck was doing? Oh, it was running because it's probably- It was idling. Yes, it was idling. Yes. And, and, and it had been there for a while because you could see the water, like, you know, for the condensation because it's just Africa hot here in North Carolina this time of year. <laughs> and you could see the water running out and the windows were down. And that truck ran. I met with him for 30 minutes and they never turned it off jumped in it and left and and by the way you know fuel right now is super super cheap i couldn't believe it i'm like oh my gosh I, yeah. well he didn't want to get into a warm truck when he was done talking to you he wanted the whole thing cool yes so bringing it back i mean and i think a lot of folks use G- gps but i'm sitting here thinking to myself like what is up with these folks man like you know i mean I'm, as an owner obviously my perspective is different but you know, windows down truck idling Air condition on, not a person in that truck. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so Andrew, before you start though, I have no GPS in my operation. What do I do to start? How, how do I 
Great uh, question. Yes. You know, how do I uh, get this thing up and running? There, uh, you know, everyone, everyone's been inundated with phone calls, solicitations for GPS. So I would, I would literally, you know, look at three different GPS systems, determine what your needs are. Uh, is it, is it accident avoidance? Is it distracted driving? Is it just monitoring the vehicles or, you know, or are you just doing it because you're doing it? But, um, the prices are all over the board. Uh, you gotta see what your, what your, what your budget allows or what your gut allows. Uh, and just, and just find a company, you know, there's a lot of, uh, roll up in the industry. So there's companies that you might sign up with within a year, they might, um, be acquired and then you got, yeah, it's just a, it's a different industry these days, but uh, there are a ton of GPS companies. There's some that call only on you know, within our industry. So, uh, and but more importantly, I would just go out and talk to your friends, uh, find what they what they like, what they don't like. Uh, be careful of contracts because they're all trying to get you into a three to five year contract. Which, you know, one year they might be the best, next year they're going to be at the at the bottom of the of the of the chain. You know, the the um, as far as technology, what so, up, so. so yeah. So what are my objectives? What, what, what do I want to get out of this? Um, okay. So I'm going to interview three different companies. What are the, 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 the three biggest things that I'm looking for um, that, that, that um, you know, the reason that I'm doing this. Yep. Price, um, contract term, and then what the, I mean, if it has driver behavior, I mean, do you want cameras? I don't think, you know, there are a lot of companies that do not believe in cameras. So I, and I'm one of them. Uh, I'm a, Firm believer against them. Um, I would just look at GPS as a as a technology that has driver behavior uh, reporting and scoring, and that's what I would focus on. Can I add Is one? There? Go ahead. Because I I am in the middle of this, by the way. I <laughs> so the one I would add is data usefulness. You know, there's a big difference between information and insight. And in the GPS world, they are just awful about this. They will give you tons and tons and tons and tons of data to the point that it's overwhelming. Yeah, and you don't know what to do with it. Exactly. So the insight is I like a, a system that integrates with my CRM. I like a system that pushes when my technician was at an account or not. And I like a system that can alert me when something's out of the norm. I don't want a system that can give me every stat on the truck because it's just overwhelming and over time people stop looking at it. And so yeah. that would be the, you know, making sure that the, it integrates if you can get that with your CRM and it's giving you insightful information. Now, Andrew, I will say, I disagree about the cameras. It's quite all right. And the re let me tell you why I've had two experiences in the last two months of which a camera was, we were at fault in both cases and the camera showed us. One of them was, is that one of our technicians blew right through a red light. I mean, didn't even stop, like didn't even hit his brakes, like and smack the car. Yeah. Luckily he was okay. The car was okay. But the other car was going 40 some miles an hour. He was going 40 some miles an hour. We canned him. Another one, a guy was going through uh, a, an actual crosswalk and a biker was in the crosswalk and he almost hit the biker. The biker came through and damaged one of our trucks because, as you can imagine, he was very elated that we just almost killed him. In both cases, we had to end up parting ways with those drivers. Had we not had the cameras, I, you know, it would have been whatever. And so in, in one way, you know, the cameras are double edged sword, right? We don't have inside cameras to show what the guys or gals are doing. Um, but but in our case, we have gotten rid of drivers that are not not paying attention, quite frankly. Yeah. 
And well, and that's so, and you bring up a good point. I mean, you know, if your cameras are facing forward only, um, that's much better than inside. You know, facing inside in cab. Yes. Uh, yes. And you do not want to know what your driver is doing. And that's, that we did get rid of. <laughs> so, uh, so thing you don't want to know about your driver. Uh, it, yeah. Well, and, and you know, at the end of the day, what it comes down, I mean, when we sold cameras at, at uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say companies or not, but I mean, I have, I mean, if this was a, like a, we were, you know, showing and doing a presentation, I could show you video, video after video after video of drivers still using their cell phones. I mean, it's like, if you want to get to the root of accidents, I mean, over 50% of all uh, accidents are basically uh, cell phone related, distracted driving. So if you want to get to the root of, of your accident causation, it really comes down to hitting the nail on the head, and that's eliminating cell phone use while behind the wheel, um, because that is the cause of of all the accidents, all the distracted driving. Um, so you know you don't need to spend seventy, eighty dollars a month. What you need to do is is literally nip cell phone use in the butt with your drivers. If you do that. And another thing is tell your CSRs and admin people to stop calling. If you have GPS, you can look up on the map and say, hey, you know what? It's green. He's driving or it's red. He's parked. Tell the CSRs and admin people only to call the technicians when the vehicle is parked. And you'll eliminate 50 percent of, of the distractions inside the vehicle right there. So. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, it's also I think it's also worth saying and I know, Dan, you want to move on, but it's also worth saying for operators out there. What is the highest risk and the lowest limit of liability that, that, that you have as a business, right? It is what's happening in the car. It's what's yep. happening in the truck. You know, most, most insurance companies are going to cap. You can't get more than 800K. So it's the one thing where if you get a lawsuit, you know, 800K and the insurance company's out. It's the one thing that can sink you. And so you got to be really, really careful because, you know, the insurance companies are limiting their liability on that. And if you have something and we I think we've told this story before and I can't use customer names anymore. But but, you know, there's been I'm aware of at least two claims where the amount of the suffering and, you know, the, the amount of the claim went over and the and the operator had to make up the difference. And, and that's seven digit. Like it's a seven digit payout. So if you don't have that kind of cap, it could absolutely sink your company if you're not watching that. Yeah, so, a lot of a lot of people talk about insurance and they're worried about termite liability and you know, chemical uh, poisonings and things. But the biggest liability to a pest control company is guys driving their trucks. Exactly. Exactly. All right. No, you can move on there, Dan. Yeah, let's (laughs) switch gears and and, uh, talk about. So uh, number one missed opportunity that you see in the pest control industry when it comes to routing. What what, what do you think? uh, How can we make these routes more efficient and thereby uh, translate into higher profitability? I, you know, if you look at the the CRMs or the routing softwares that are out there, the uh, the uh, scheduling softwares like PestPack and PestRoutes and BrioStack and others, um, if they have an integrated routing solution, uh, subscribe to it. You know, some people think the cost is exorbitant or it's not worth it, and it couldn't be further from the truth because you know the, the benefits you can get gain from implementing and utilizing a routing solution. A true route optimization solution it will it will pay for itself hands down very quickly. Um, and I think the other thing that a lot of companies don't do missed opportunities is 
they don't look at their routes on a, on a regular basis. I mean, some people do it annually or when they do an acquisition or when they hire a new tech. It's the only time that they actually really look at their routes and then make changes. But that should be like ongoing every month at a minimum, um, a task, if you will, because there's so many missed opportunities to, to better the routing. Um, so those that are positive too. I was going to say, that's a fantastic point, too, because uh, about going back to your routes and realigning them, because as you're selling customers, that is more, I mean, you can you can get it more and more efficient. And we, okay, so I'm guilty of this. This is years ago. We used to do it once a year. Then we started doing once a quarter. Now we do it once a month, which is where we take our new sales and we integrate them into our, and, and what you do is you can set the service schedule, right? And so you group all those folks, you get that service schedule. So normally when you're generating, Everything's pretty tight and then you're dealing with the outliers, but but 100% agree with you, Andrew, on that one is that you should be at least once a month realigning your routes. I'm not talking about redrawing the boundaries. I'm talking about realigning your customers. Um, yeah. So that yeah. all your new sales. But I also think I don't see this enough either. And I, I recently did a, um, I won't say a presentation, but kind of a side gig with uh, one of our customers, PCO customers looking at their routing, putting a side gig. Sorry, Dan. Uh, it was actually just sad. <laughs> All the books. <laughs> just send you a bill. We're good. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you're if you're a big PCO customer, we 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 do offer Andrew out as a uh, value added service. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That was good. My tea is all no. Just Not kidding. Not uh, <laughs> No, but it, it was funny because I was in this in this one of our customers, and they have about twenty techs, twenty five techs, and. Um, and we were all in a, like a, a lodge and we're all, you know, all the CSRs were sitting in one corner, all the techs were sitting on another side of the, of the room. And then the um, supervisors and sales reps were sitting at a different area. And I was like, wow, you could see right there that you, you, there wasn't a lot of um, communication between the, the three different groups, if you will. Uh, and my suggestion was literally the CSRs and the supervisors sitting down with the techs at least once a month and look, reviewing their routes for that month. And are there ways to to better his route? I mean, who who would know better than the actual technician that that's behind the wheel, uh, servicing his accounts? I mean, if he has to go into an HOA six times in a month, why can't we group those six stops on the same day? And that's where if you plan meetings with your you know with a group and review the routes, uh, you'll gain so much more efficiency just in that instance alone. Um, and, and literally asking the technician some hard questions. You know, I think another thing too is, and I think this is really important, which is, you know, you gotta be willing. I mean, we, we live in a world now where it's extremely difficult to get labor. You know, our time is extremely limited. And, you know, in the past, it was all about like, how many customers can we get? Now it's like, you know, how am I gonna service the customers that I have? And I think, you know, the real answer is, is that you've got to be able to sit down and say, hey, look, we, we need to fire a customer or a couple. Like if we've got a route that's taking 45 minutes to an hour to get to, I know it shouldn't say a route, but like, you know, by the way, I am Smart, guilty right? of this before I say that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I am guilty of this, man. When I first started, I had an account that was an hour and a half away and I would drive once a quarter to go out there and get it. But just like be willing to fire customers and say, look, we just can't do this anymore. You know, yeah, be willing to do that. Yeah. Having customers is great, but understanding when to fire customers even better. And that's those outliers. There's a there's a great mapping software I just used with you know to map all of our customers, but it's called Maptive. And 
you can actually put it on a big map of whether it's, you know, if you're in a state, you can do it by county, you can do, it's really cool, but you can really sit down and see where those outliers are. Cause it's very hard when you're just looking at your CRM system or your, your routing software of where those outliers are. Um, What's the name of the software? Active, M-A-P-T-I-V-E. Um, but it's really cool because you can actually look and see exactly where those outliers are. And I used it for ourselves to locate like, hey, where are we really well represented? So think of that as like territories or routes. All right. And then, uh, you know, where the other part of that was seeing where we have very little penetration. And for me, think of that as selling opportunities, new routes, filling in gaps. So it was pretty cool to put that all on a map and see where we had really good concentration and good representation and where we where there was more selling opportunities. And that's what I use that map to for. But it's the same with like Donnie and I, you and I have talked about this in the past, Donnie, Mrs. Dombach, and uh, you, know, you got to fire those outliers. You know, you got to <laughs> let them go because they're, they're the time wasters, the fuel wasters, um, you know, the wear and tear on the vehicles, the fuel. And then you add in like a callback or a retreat, and man, you're now you're really upside down on that one account. Um, yeah, so you really gotta look at that. And again, like I always say this, sit down with your technicians and, and the CSRs and really uh, you know, talk to them, find out if they're going in, you know, the HOAs, get their feedback on the efficiency of the routes. Okay. I mean, I hear from a lot of technicians that they're sick of driving into the same HOA six times in a week. I mean, it's like, why can't they? And I'm like, well, they can if they're utilizing some route ops, you know, some type of routing solution. But, you know, do, you know, talk, ask the hard questions of the text. Does Mrs. Smith really need to be serviced on those you know, on Tuesday between two and four? I mean, right. so let, me, let could, me ask you, let me ask you a question on uh, if you have technicians that are routing their own work, is that a good idea? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, that's, I mean, who owns the customer? That's the first question. I think the company should be routing the technicians because it's their vehicles, it's their fuel, it's their credit cards, it's it's their expenses. Um, no tech should ever have to route his in his own routes or schedule his own routes. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so we obviously have some prep sheets for for our uh, talks or, or for our podcasts, and you came up with some uh, examples and some stats. Um, so um, let's talk about the 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 uh, example uh, of of an old customer of yours. Um, you know, after looking at um, uh, a few weeks of working with each text and reviewing their schedules, tell 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 me um, you know um, what you were able to achieve using the um, the route out. Or if you want to go through this, uh, this yeah. Data. No, they had uh, thirty eight uh, technicians. Um, we we implemented the route up. The other thing that a lot of these softwares do is, all right, what's, uh, if you look at, I don't know, a perimeter job and you say, well, the perimeter job, it takes our text 30 minutes. Um, well, it, does it really take the tech 30 minutes to do a perimeter? Um, a lot of the old softwares or a lot of the softwares always used a time frame that you automatically put in under the service setup. Well, is that realistic? So we spent time doing that, like a perimeter job really is only like 22 minutes. Um, but we went through all the different services that they offered and really cleaned that up, uh, which made route up even more efficient. 
and then we sat down with all the techs and we reviewed. I mean, it was some hard questions like, you know, do they need to be serviced on this date? Or, you know, what are the outliers? And through all that um, and implementing the route op, um, you know, this company, 38 employees growing significantly. Uh, they reduced their overall windshield time by almost 15 percent, uh, which, you know, as you know, mileage reduction huge. was almost 20 percent. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, it's and like then a they price increase to, without doing a price increase. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they were able to grow 30 percent without even hiring a, an additional technician because they freed up all that time and reduced all those miles driven. I mean, how do you grow 30 percent without hiring a new technician? I mean, that's what it's all about. And that's all about savings. I mean, in, in today's economy, I've been looking at with fuel costs the way they are, insurance premiums the way they are, I would literally be spending all my time in in building those more dense routes and and being a little bit smarter with my you know what my technicians are doing on a daily basis. I find every way to to group stops together, um, fire the outliers, and then where I see gaps, throw a sales rep in there to, to go conquer some more sales to fill in that gap or those gaps. But that that customer was great. I mean, we had, I mean, story after story or case study after case study uh, with, you know, and it all came down to uh, reduction in windshield time and mileage reduction. Um, so, you know, we have another one, 11 employees, Reduced uh, windshield time 21%, mileage was 22 or almost 23%. Uh, even companies that have one employee, um, you know, this isn't just for companies with, you know, 300 or 200 or 100 employees or technicians. It's, it's, it can be used for one field employee. So one of the things that, um, you know, Dan and Donnie, you saw when I sent over that PowerPoint uh, from my days from route up with Pestback, but, you know, there was a great stat in there about how many how many um, routes, if you have nine stops, how many ways can you route that technician? I don't know if you guys saw that in my PowerPoint. No? I, you know, I didn't see it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't yeah. go through that specific example, but, but keep us going yeah. here. So keep if you going. have one technician. Don't, don't, put, don't put Donnie on the spot. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> he didn't do his homework. Yeah, <laughs> people look at the map and they go, oh, that's the best way to route. But, you know, if you have nine stops, just one technician, there are 362,000 ways that you could actually route those nine stops. And then if you take that times 10 technicians, I, I, I can't even do the math. I mean, that's, um, you know, there, there's so many needs for routing. There really are. And that. How do you really, get that done? How do you get the optimal one? Is it the software? What would, uh, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all the algorithms in the software. Uh, when we bought Viamente, which is, you know, is WorkWave route up today or Pestback route up. Um, I mean, it, the, 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 back, the backbone of that software was absolutely amazing. And having it integrated so it actually acknowledged time, uh, you know, locked appointments and, and, and time, time windows and things like that was even more instrumental. Because uh, so, it was able to work around that. So I noticed, like, you, you gave us a bunch of data points and different examples. We won't go through all of them. But one of the data points that I see that you look at, which um, is is a data point, is total orders analyzed. Tell me about that. So that that's an interesting one. Each 
you know, when you're when you're creating the route or whatever. But but so, you know, how do you break this down and 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 chunk it down so that, you know, like what's the first step? But I, I noticed this data point called total orders analyzed. What is that? Yeah. So if you take that one example, let's see if we have. Yeah. So if you look at that, the one where we had 30 percent growth and all that. So 38 field employees, you know, technicians reduced windshield time of 14.5 percent mileage reduction of 18. We analyzed a total of 2,900 orders for that month. That was just one month. Um, and that's how many orders that were on the books at the time when we started with that. So they were up, they were kind of behind. So the techs weren't as efficient as possible. So after we did all this, they became more efficient. Um, if you look at that 11 field employees, that was 2,100 uh, stops for the month. Um, you know, that's, that's what that was. I think it's worth. I was yeah. going to say, I think it's worth just coming back to one critical point, and that, and you know we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap up here in a moment, but I I want to bring this back because it's something that you said, Dan, and I don't know why I'm giving you credit here. I don't like the I'm just kidding, but <laughs> but I, yeah, but you know the the reality of it is is that when you look at the environment that we're in with you know costs, you know I mean you look at inflation where it's going, you look at what's happening with labor. And, and, and the fact and we've talked about this and we've shared the spreadsheet before, which is, you know, our our cost is not, you know, inflation was 8.8 percent is the CPI for month of June. And, you know, I've got a spreadsheet that shows for our industry, it's more like around 15 to 16 percent. You know, it's you attack your margins. Like, no matter what you do as a service company owner, you absolutely must nail your gross margin. Now, we've been talking about the front side of that. I mean, you can do it two ways, right? You, you increase revenue, which will give you more dollars, which will bring those line, you know, those numbers back in line. The second way is, is that you get more efficient. And number one area that you can make the biggest difference is in payroll. And so, you know, to hear you say, well, hey, look, we had, you know, a 21% reduction in windshield time. You know, if you add two additional, three additional stops on a tech, in the same amount of time, you think about what that does for your margin. And it's it's much like what Dan just said a while ago. It's basically you're creating your own price increase. But I guess the takeaway point I'm trying to make for, for all of our listeners is, is that that gross margin is probably the most important number that you're going to track outside of profit. If you make sure that your gross margin stays in, what's a good gross margin, Dan? 55% using our chart of accounts. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that's, that's a good disclaimer that, that Dan just said, because if you're, you know, sometimes gross margin, depending on how you set up your chart of accounts, you might not be looking at the same thing. But but the fact is, is that you've got to preserve that. And if you start seeing that drop, you got to make some hard decisions. You got to get more efficient and you got to increase your prices, because what you can't do is you can't allow that erosion of your gross margin because it's, you know, one two five percent slip in that area it's going to directly drop to that bottom line. So Dan, I'm sure you got some commentary. Yeah, 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 you know what's, you know, what's interesting is uh, we did that cost study and we did it a few years ago and it's, it's on our website, pcobookkeepers.com. And I, I get the question, well, when are you going to update that? What's the the next one for, for the next year? (laughs) You really don't have to update it because pest control as most service businesses are a formula, right? The percentages are the percentages in order to get to that 50 to 55%. You have a certain labor percentage, view, uh, auto percentage, uh, chemical percentage, right? But as those things climb with inflation, you need to get back to that 50 to 55%. And if you think about it, if you go back 100 years ago, right, you had these uh, 
hardware stores and 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 other you know smaller um, um, uh, retail places, and then comes along Home Depot, who does they do it more efficiently because they're able to do it in volume. They're able to do it, reduce the margins, and and do it in volume. And that's what we're going to have to do because five years from now, we're still going to have to keep those margins. We're not going backwards in labor. Maybe, maybe the, the 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 price of labor we will slow that 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 growth in 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 um, labor costs. But you're not going to take a technician from twenty five dollars an hour to fifteen dollars an hour. That's that's gone. That train's left, right? So yep. now, how do we make money at that twenty or twenty five dollars an hour, right? And this is the way we do it. We 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 might be able to raise prices, but that's going to become a function of of competition, but we've got to figure out how do we reduce those uh, direct costs, and you do it through route efficiency. And and this is um, probably you know uh, paramount in, in in any plan to do that. So, so yeah. and Don, you mentioned twenty one percent reduction in windshield time. Let let's think about the mileage as well. I mean, if you can reduce your mileage driven by twenty plus percent, that savings alone is huge. And that that could that we'll just adds later. up month you know week over week month over month you know and, and the goal here is is that how do I get more how do I get more revenue per day per technician the the the, the more I'm able to focus on that the more that's going to bring back in bring bring back in my margin so all righty Andrew this has been fantastic I I we have so much more that we could cover we probably need to bring you back to kind of just get through all of this but this has been a fantastic episode. Um, any parting thoughts, anything that you want to, another point you want to make before we close out here? And just a reminder to all our listeners, things we talked about, the cost study, the, the spreadsheet, the inflationary spreadsheet, some of the resources in terms of routing, all that stuff will be available up on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just look under the show notes link. Um, we'll have that up shortly once we post the episode. But Andrew, any, any parting thoughts here before we finish out? You know, <laughs> Yeah, we talked about the gross margin being 50, 55% um, gross profit. But, you know, the what's interesting, if you look at the door-to-door companies, I mean, don't believe me and Donnie and, and Dan, but if you look at the true door-to-door companies, they're, like, so highly profitable. Dan, you know, you know, the actual numbers. Those markets are 60 and better. Yeah. yeah. And you know why? Yeah. It's because they concentrate on keeping their routes as dense as possible. They're sending sales reps into a into a neighborhood or an HOA and conquering that neighborhood. So when they pick up those new customers, their tech only has to go once and park and he can service three to five customers during that one stop. So they're actually reducing the mileage driven, the time the tech is behind the windshield. In the end, it's just a win-win situation. I mean, they're the ones that have the most dense routes out of any pestrel uh, company in the, you know, in the US, which that's just, in itself, that's my parting words. Look at the door-to-door companies and why their their uh, profits are so high. That's right, because they've got it all. They got it figured out as far as density. So, Dan, any parting thoughts before we finish out here? None at all. I think that uh, another week, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. And uh, if you want to give the information about leaving us reviews, and then uh, finish it up. All righty. Yep. And as always, if you listen to us on Apple, Spotify, whatever, Dan, what he's talking about right now, if you missed that, is that we're highly compensated for the podcast. 
which means that we're not, but we do appreciate any. Uh, our tip in the jar is folks just leaving us a review, letting other folks know about the podcast. We love sharing the information and hope you find it useful and hope that you will share it with other folks that you think may find it useful. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next week. Take care.